Hello everybody, it's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. Every action you take to help the late talkers in your life is important, that the fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. For 30 plus years, I have been equipping and empowering parents and caregivers around the world to connect with the late talkers in your life and facilitate the spoken language that they are missing, that they need to share their wisdom with the world. And today we have a really special topic that I have brought up for you. We're gonna be talking about specific speech tips for those kids that are super, super smart and they're still not talking, these kids have chosen to focus their brain power on developing more intellectual kinds of knowledge, more problem solving kinds of skills, and they are not choosing to use spoken language to share their wisdom with the world. I believe they're too busy, you know, their brains can only do so much. And they're too busy digging into their scientific mind, to their problem solving, to figuring out why things are the way they are, instead of just memorizing, they've moved past that stage and they really want to find out how the world works in their own unique way and they're super special kids, and they often choose to not use spoken language. Again, not focus on that. And we're going to be talking about those kids today. Now, if you are watching this video, either live or on the replay, you may be um, here because you have seen this video. It is called Exploring Einstein Syndrome. And in that video, if you haven't seen it already, I put the its link in the description box. That video talks more about if your child is in this realm of super smart late talkers that are not late talking due to a slow auditory processing or a other physiological kind of problem. These kids choose to be late talking. It's entirely a mindset and environment blockage. There's nothing wrong with their brain except for the fact that in the area of spoken language development, it is underdeveloped because these kids are working on developing other parts, other functional skills that they're using their brain power for. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about five. I've got five tips for you for these kids considering where they are as far as their motivation and mindset towards spoken language because we know these kids are smart we know they are learning these are the kids that already know abc's and numbers have already started to do math are reading are hyperlexic are maybe diagnosed with autism and maybe not it doesn't matter for the this purpose of this video we are talking about the mindset of the late talker 
who is choosing to focus on things that are not the typical, that are not the play and stuff. So what we're going to be doing is getting into those, some tips for these kids. So you know who you are now that I've <laughs> described all of that. So let's get into tip number one, and it is this right here. We have to give these kids credit. They want to know about their life. They are focused on increasing their learning and their intellectual knowledge. So the first thing that you have to do is join them where they are in their mindset of learning. And you have to give them credit for being prepared for whatever they're doing. They are where they are, okay? So you need to assume that this child already understands far more than they readily communicate. They've been demonstrating it in one way or another. How do you know they know how to read? How do you know they know how to solve 500 piece puzzles? How do you know they know how to unlock every door in the house and find everything as soon as you hide it? And, you know, maybe they're not doing intellectual things, but they are functionally showing you that they know a lot more than they are readily communicating, either verbally or non-verbally, because these kids don't even bring out their non-verbal communication to share with you. And there are reasons behind it. Remember, Einstein didn't talk for a reason. And when he started talking, it was when people started listening to him. Okay. So the first thing you must do is realize that these people that these kids are people and that they know what they know and that they want to share what they know what they have discovered through their scientific exploration and hypothesis and literally doing the scientific method every single day about everything they go into these kids want to share what they've discovered you just have to assume that they are discovering and they want to share it. So you directing these kids to do what other kids are doing is probably what is blocking a lot of their speech. And when you take the time to engage now, first of all, you've assumed, you're assuming that this child knows something. Now in the next steps, we're going to talk about how to find out what that is and use it as a language facilitation tool like you do with a child who is focused on watching things fall or, you know, whatever. We're going to talk about it, okay? So let's get into number two right here. Number two is where you are going to identify with your specific late talker because everyone is different and their area of genius will be consistent. However, the way they go about exploring it may change. This is why you need to find the root. Just like with kids who have a physiological problem, let's say they've got ear infections, we have to find out the root of the ear fluid, not just get rid of it when it shows up. We have to find out why it's recurring. In this case, why is this child consistently focused on other than what you want them to be focused on. It's because they're focused on their area of genius. And if you shut down or someone else shuts down their current exploration method, their current experiment, okay? If someone shuts down their current experiment, 
They haven't stopped focusing on their area of genius. They will use their area of genius to find a new way to explore their area of genius. That's how these kids work. They are hyper focused on I know what I know and I want to sh- I want to learn more. I want to learn more. Remember when you get on a rabbit trail you follow on Google because you get excited wanting to explore something about your child or even something else, how to get a stain out or how to fix your car or how to, you know, make YouTube videos or whatever you're exploring and you watch a hundred videos all day long about that. Think this is the same mindset of these late talkers. They are focused, focused. They're already focused on something. You need to find out what that is because without you understanding this level with this child, you'll never engage with them. They'll constantly be distracted by their area of genius because remember, these children have chosen. They have chosen to keep quiet because they don't like that rudimentary way that someone's been trying to educate them. They don't like it. They want to do it their way. And they like it their way because they learn better, faster, and more efficiently their way. They are genius in this area. They could be better than you in this area. It's how the kids learn how to do the YouTube, how they learn how to find their videos in other languages, how they learn how to find letters and numbers everywhere. When you're at the grocery store, when they see it in your house, How do they learn to spot these things everywhere? This is very, very important. And how you identify it is you look for independence. What are they doing without you? Because remember, what you show them, they're choosing to say, nah, no thanks. That's not for me. That's not my way. It's too boring, too easy, too rudimentary. For these kids, it's not too challenging. And most of the time, it's because I already know that right? That's why in the number one, just because these kids aren't talking, you have to assume that it's because they're choosing not to and not because they are unable to understand and even say the vocabulary. Many of these kids, like Einstein, started talking in full sentences all at once when he decided. He knew how to talk. Somehow, in some way, he was practicing that in his mind, thinking about how to say words. It just was not important enough. He didn't have anybody who wanted to listen, right? So watch to see how they do. Make a note of the patterns, and the patterns is key here. And I've got a bonus tip at the end that you're going to use this information for. Another reason that patterns are important to these kids, because look behind me. All of these things, this information that these kids are processing, inundated faster and faster and faster. They're seeking information. Information is their jam. It's their comfort zone. It's their place they like to be. Processing feels good to me. I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm 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 active in my own life when I'm solving problems and processing things because Solving problems is like treasure hunting. It feels great when you find the solution. It's like treasure. Wow, I solved it. Woo, we did it. Think about how good you feel after you finish any job. That's how these kids think. 
They're all about the solution. I'm going to get the solution. And then is there another way I can get the solution? Is there another way? Because remember, if they're in constant scientific method, they're going to be trial and erroring, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And they are learning from these trials and errors to develop their own patterns. That's why you got to see what they are. They are. You will see them. My child always asks for food this way. They always say they're tired this way. They always show me they're sick this way. Because if they're nonverbal, these are the things that they need from you. The problems they can't solve on their own. They got to get the food. They got to get the whatever they can't get on their own, right? And what they are getting on their own, you have to find out how are they doing it? Because again, how does the ear fluid get in? How is this child motivated to be independent versus coming to you? Watch them. Watch them. Because again, this is key, key in how you're going to motivate them to listen to you to learn spoken language and motivate them to try to tell you about what they want, okay? So let's go. Number three, create opportunities for collaboration, right? So here's the deal. The problem with these kids is they're choosing to be on their own, doing their thing, their way with their genius. They don't know how to share their genius with you. They've been working on developing it independently. Remember, this kid's thinking, how can I get that thing? How can I make it happen? How can I do this? It's my problem. I'm solving it. This is the mindset of the Einstein lay talker. You, as the language facilitator, your role is to get them motivated to collaborate with you. And you have to bring those other things. You have to bring your um, your credit that you give this late talker for knowing what they know. And then what you do is you create opportunities in your language facilitation workbook, the 11-week journey in your itinerary. You choose to create opportunities that are scientific methody, that are very like, let's explore this together. You don't have the outcome in mind, or maybe you do. It doesn't matter because the process of the process is what these kids are excited about. They are problem solvers. They like problem solving. As soon as they're done with one problem, they find a new problem. They like to solve problems because they like the result that they get. Okay, so what you got to do is you got to create this scene, this opportunity. And so these are genius activating challenges. If your child likes to measure, if your child likes to spin, if your child likes to test gravity, you know, how, how do they play with their toys? What are the patterns that they're doing? We didn't talk about some of the patterns you might see. You might see kids testing gravity. You might see them testing their, because they're testing, they're experimenting. How fast can I run? How high can I jump? How, how much does it hurt if I whack myself with this? What does this sound like versus what does this sound like when I scratch on this versus I scratch on this? What does it look like when I drop, um, you know, flower petals versus water. 
Why are they focused on these things? What are they wanting to learn about it? Why do they want to see it over and over and over again? A lot of parents might think that these are sensory preferences, but look at how your child engages with it. Are they just enjoying and relaxing or are they digging in and problem solving? Because that's what these kids want to do. They want to. So if they love letters and numbers you got to get your letters and numbers out and you talk about hey today we're building words today and you show them how you love to build words with letters because that's a good problem solving let's figure out how to do it you look at how the words look you look at how the words sound out you they memorize 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 this is how you use letters and numbers if you're doing numbers how do I count things out? How do I add things together? These kids will like to sit and watch you do. How do you program your computer? How do you create animation? How do you make a book? How do you write things? How do you create art and build Legos? This is your child's area of a genius. They're showing you over and over again because they won't stop building, 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 building. You give, them, um, you give them a paper and pencil and they want to stack them up and not write with them. So this is what you have to figure out, right? How can I collaborate with my late talker to expand their area of interest? Because what this does is it puts you in a position of collaboration and potentially a source of learning. This is what you really want to establish here is, hey, you know, I know a little something about that. And... I all, if I don't know about it, let's you and me go to a class or go to a watch this YouTube video together and make this recipe ourselves. Let's you and I learn how to do this because I can see you're interested. And if it's not your area of expertise, then you work as a collaborative with the late talker to learn about it because you want to know what they want to know. If they're interested in football, if they're interested in cooking, if they're interested in dressing and making clothes, who knows what they're, dance, music, playing music. Remember, this is not the stuff that they like to do that you bring to them. This is the stuff that they never stop doing on their own. They won't put it down. You see them like, um, Ben Blanchett, for example, he's a teenage kid who has perfect pitch all through his life. In order to, for his mom to get him to sit and do his academic work and homeschooling stuff, there had to be some time for him to tap out a rhythm or memorize a tune or do because he liked to listen and imitate and listen and imitate. He would listen to a song and play it on the piano, right? And he could do that. And he was really good at it. And all the other things in his life were challenging, sitting to listen and memorizing, listening to a whole story and answering questions about it. I mean, this is a teenage kid doing teenage academics. And while, yes, he's expected to do those things, his mom always incorporated his superpower of listening to a rhythm and memorizing it and having music in the background or somehow to help him incorporate this as a collaborative effort. And now she's getting him hooked up with professional musicians who are teaching him to play multiple mu musical instruments because he picks them up and listens to them. Okay, this is how you play that. How do I make it make the tune? I know what the tune is because I've memorized it immediately. So he has photographic, uh, whatever you call with your ears, auditory memory, immediate auditory memory, immediate visual memory, and then... He practices and does it till he's done. And then he moves on and practices another one. And his mom had to incorporate all those things into her everyday life with him so that he could be comfortable doing other things.
right? So collaboration is key for these kids. They're not good collaborators, moms and dads. They're not. They know what they know and they don't trust other people because a lot of these kids have been judged because they are different. They choose to do things in a different way, their own way. And it might look different than the way everybody else does because they're geniuses. They're coming up with their own. And most of their ideas will be good, but some of them will not be because they are trial and error. All they know is what they know in their little kids. Okay? They're little kids. They don't know what they don't know yet. But these kids are in active learning. Active learning. So when you say, let's learn together, not we're going to do this thing and I know how it's going to come out. That's not, that's actually a turnoff for these kids because they know that there are too many variables coming in that you're not even considering what if the light goes out what if the whatever what if we don't what if you know we what if we run out of eggs what if the egg's bad when you crack it and then we don't have any more eggs these are the things that these kids are doing their brains are inundated problem solving what is how does this relate to this how does this relate to this how does this relate to this patterns 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 okay because their patterns are their comfort zone so collaboration. We're going to take this on together and find out what happens. That's these kids jam. <gasps> Please, let's, let's go. Let's learn together. And then through the whole process, you talk about every bit of it. What did we learn here? What did we learn here? What did we learn here? Don't bypass that part for these kids. They are expecting it. And if you bypass that part with these kids, they'll quit coming to you to collaborate because they're like, dude, you, I know more than you. You're not helping me. You're holding me back. This is what these kids think. Unless you are collaborative. Anytime you try to pressure these kids to do a thing a certain way, that's not win-win contracts for, all right, I'll do this as long as we're focusing from an angle I can understand because if they can't understand, they can't understand. It does not compute. They just shut it down and choose not to do it. And it's very powerful, this choice. Look at how quiet these kids are, right? They choose. They choose every day. There's lots of things that these kids are doing. Potentially, you need to focus on that other language first because that's what your child is interested in learning. And they're not learning your language because the language models they're getting in the language that they're picking up are better for them, more useful for them. All right, let's move into number four, tip number four that I have for you. And it's this one where this is how you're going to engage with their genius. So first you create the opportunity where they're going to buy in to working with you. So first of all, you got to get them to show up for your language facilitation opportunity. It's appealing. It's fun. It's on topic. And now you got to dig in. And like I said, if you don't do this, this is where you're going to lose them. So once you get them in your realm of influence, right, your language facilitation zone, we are doing the same thing at the same time with the same goal, and we are here to support each other in our learning process. I'm not making you do anything. You're not making me do anything. We are in this together. Once you're in it together, you know you know more 
vocabulary, at least in spoken language, than this child. So you have to take on the role in your collaboration as the narrator. And you just describe what you're doing, how you're doing it, what results did you get, what do these results mean for the other. It's the whole scientific process. What is our hypothesis? You start there. And then you use the technical terms that relate to this. If you are cooking in the kitchen and you want to use a whisk or you want to use the slotted spoon or you want to use the big spoon versus the teaspoon or whatever, get specific and use the terms that are necessary because the lay talker wants to learn them. And if you don't, if you dumb things down for them, they will know. And they won't trust you to come back because they think that you don't give them credit. Remember, you didn't give them credit for the number one. Promise you, if they don't understand, they'll show you. Explain that again. Do it again. Right? Because you're going to do that. You would do it anyway. Soon as they learn, they'll shut you down. But as long as you are providing them with topic-specific vocabulary, technical terms in complete sentences, you talk to them like they're going to college, going to a university, going to invent things and dictate them to board meetings if they don't go to college, if they're whatever, learning in technical school or whatever they're going to do. These kids are inventors. They are problem solvers and inventors. They invent things to solve problems or they invent new things to create things that we don't have that solve problems. These are the kids that make biofuels someday, right? Out of swamp water and stuff. These kids are problem solvers. They like it. They're into it. They're science kids, right? And evaluate your progress through the entire project while you're speaking slowly with lots of repetition because these kids don't know this vocabulary yet. That's what they're missing. You remember? Our job is to facilitate the words they need to share their wisdom and genius with the world, which is what they want to do. They've just been shut down and judged and isolated in their learning because maybe they've been shut down and judged, okay? A lot of these kids are not, they don't look like other kids look. And you might think that they have problems that they don't have because other people told you that they were problematic. Their behaviors were red flags or whatever they were. Like I said, watch that other video to determine what other people are saying about your child. What's important here is that you are providing them with the words they need to share their knowledge with the world, okay? Now, number five is this one. Be open to learning from the lay talker. Because remember, they are motivated to come up with new. And where that seems like, I don't know, I don't have any new ideas, you know? When you're little kids, you got new ideas every day, every minute. What about this? What about this? Trial and error, trial and error. Let's try this. Let's try this. Think about that. Especially if you're in an environment where that kind of learning is fun where it's cultivated, where it's provided, the equipment and the empowerment and the opportunity space to figure this out with a coach, with a team member, right? So in your process of learning, see how they inspire you because they might 
do something a way that you never thought of. This is what they do. And it's better than the way you've been doing it. It happens a lot with these kids. This is when you got to really empower them by taking, not just saying, good job, wow, that's cool, because they know it's cool or they wouldn't have done it. How you empower them is you take that idea and you integrate it into your life. Like maybe they said, I like, I like to put my um, dirty clothes hamper in the corner so I can stand here and throw it and practice my throwing to get the dirty clothes in the hamper. And that's their new idea because they like to do that. And now you realize, hey, this is a way I can work on fine motor and hand-eye coordination and all that stuff at the same time. All right, that's our new habit. We're going to play basketball with our dirty clothes every day. And that's just a really tiny, minor example of empowering a child's genius. Like, hey, I got an idea. Let's play basketball it's because it's more fun. And it always gets the dirty clothes in the hamper instead of on the floor. Win for you and win for them, right? This is how these kids will come out because, hey, if she liked that idea and she liked it so much that she incorporated it into our life, what about this idea I've got? What about this idea I've got? What about this idea? And they won't all be great ideas, but when they are great ideas, give them credit. That gives them motivation and empowerment to give you more good ideas. I do have a bonus tip for you, and it is this one right here. So remember, we talked about those patterns, right? These late talkers, they learn to use patterns for their safety and security. They want to know if they feel good when they can predict an outcome. Because remember, they've been doing, why does this happen? If I do this, will this happen? The hypothesis, they test it. If I do this, this happened. When? I'm smart. I figured it out. Now I'm always going to do this when I want this to happen. This is how their brains think, okay? With language learning, they use what they hear over and over and over again to develop the spoken language that they will choose to use because they'll hear things from you that they are like, yes, I agree, you're right. And when you say that, I feel empowered. I feel like I know. I feel like we're on target. I feel like we're getting somewhere. The You put gasoline in my tank and we are going. And they're going to pick that up and they're going to use it again. First with you, right? First with you, the people who they trust, the people who gave them those words. They'll try them with you. You mean like this? I'm gonna, You mean if I explain it like this? You understand me? Because you're showing them, number one, the tip number one, that you understand that they have tons of knowledge in there. And uh, now I get what you're talking about. I see what it is. And they know you need to understand that. So how you respond to these late talkers tries is with 
understand. I understand what you say. And here's how you respond to that. I'm going to respond consistently. I'm not going to judge you. I know it's not going to be accurate coming out. You're trying with me. And I'm watching for the patterns. And I'm giving you the patterns. So when your late talker goes, uh, to reach for the thing, you explain to them, I know you can reach for the thing. I know you want to have that thing. All you got to do is ask me. Just tell me, mommy, give me that thing and I'll give it to you. And explain it to them. Don't hide it. Tell them the answer. Because they're like, look, you got a solution to a problem. Share it with me. I love solutions. I solve problems every day. I'm building a whole repertoire in my brain of solutions, 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 solutions. I don't need specific vocabulary. I need to know how to use that vocabulary to get my outcome or to keep exploring so I can figure out what this outcome is. Your responses, your consistent responses, that's why you have to do this four times a day at least every single day with these kids because they are choosing to be isolated because you are choosing to allow it to encourage it potentially you keep giving them more problems to solve on their own because you're like i don't know how to join them now you do now you do and you want to get them to love you being there so much with them now, I'm not saying that you're going to invade their space. They definitely still need isolated time. This is not about you pushing in more. It's about your response, the consistency in your response to them. Because these smart kids will learn, if you do the other five tips, they will learn that you are the source of knowledge and guidance to assist them in their genius development and not somebody who's trying to dumb them down, stop them from doing what they're doing or whatever, guide them your way instead of their way. They're not interested in your way. They've proven that by isolating from you. They're not interested. It's not going to work. You're never going to get them to do it that way. So I hope these five tips were very helpful for all of you. And share this video with other parents or share the concept of language facilitation with other parents. If they've got super smart kids that have been diagnosed and they're all worried because of that diagnosis. And a lot of people get freaked out because they say, yeah, super smart kids. That's another red flag. You know, there's a lot of super smart autistic kids, but that means they're still going to be abnormal the rest of their life. Well, so what is normal, right? When you're integrating this child's genius into your life, that's the new normal, the normal that you want to develop, that they want to develop with you. That's how you bring their wisdom in the world, because that's why you're here. I'm sending you all the best energy, all of you who are watching me today and every day. Thanks for tuning in today. With a whole range of waves of communication resources, from free content to customized coaching, you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success. You are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook. This tool is helping parents worldwide create nonstop language facilitation opportunities that elevate spoken language beyond even their own expectations. 
you can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com. 